Yeah, we've got to declare some things every once in a while. Uh, amen, amen. Sometimes we just got to take the authority and declare. Amen. There's some people that have their families that are going through some things, uh, and you need to declare victory over it. Uh, amen. You need to take the God-given authority and declare. Declare is an articulated word that comes from the breath that God gave you. When you begin to articulate words of faith that are full of faith, uh, with the God-given breath, things begin to change in the spirit realm. Let me say that again. When you begin to speak to things in the spirit realm, they begin to change. Why? Because you've got power in your tongue and in your breath. Say, my breath. I have faith in my breath. Look at your neighbor and say, I have faith in my breath. Some of you, you're glad your friend was standing a mile away. Amen. Some of you are glad that I'm standing up here. Amen. I had iced coffee on the way to church. <laughs> my wife made it, so it had to be good. Amen. Give honor. To your pastor today, amen, Brother Miller, and everything that you they're endeavoring to do, we can, I can tell that there are people of faith in this house tonight, amen. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 17, but I'm going to draw most of my message from Acts 28 tonight, but in Luke 17, verse number 5, amen, what a tremendous worship team. And what a word from a young lady. Amen. Amen. Tremendous. Luke 17, 15, and the apostle said unto the Lord, increase our faith. Now the apostles of all people should have had faith that was so big and so great. Because they got to see what God was doing in the flesh. And the Lord said, if ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye might say unto the sycamore tree, be thou plucked up by the root, uh, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Amen. You must speak and take your God-given breath and articulate words of faith uh, that hold no doubt and speak to your situation. Sometimes you're going to have to take those words and articulate them and speak into somebody else's life as well. Amen. Jesus, I love you today. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in our midst. I thank you, God, for what you have brought together in this house tonight. And, Lord, the miracles that you have brought into this house tonight to release into your people I pray, God, for your anointing upon the hearer. Lord, let him receive with gladness tonight, thus saith the Lord. Anoint these lips of clay, God, to speak in your name tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I'm going to preach on this thought, the man with a wound. The man with a wound. With the wound. Faith is, a, is in jeopardy. When we fail to praise in a way that tells the enemy, I am not afraid of you. Let me say that again with a little bit more muster behind it. Uh, faith is in jeopardy when we fail to praise in a way that tells the enemy, I am not afraid of you. Your faith might be in jeopardy if you're afraid afraid tonight to praise God in such a manner. Don't turn me down yet. I need to go up. There wasn't over thank you. There wasn't much of a response there. Let me say that again. Faith is in jeopardy when we fail to praise in a way that tells the enemy, I am not afraid of you. 
Devil, I come against you tonight in the name of Jesus, and I'm going to give him praise in the midst of my storm, in the midst of my trial. Devil, I'm not afraid of that storm you're trying to blow up. I'm not afraid of what you're trying to blow my way because I know that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm going to put forth some praise because I'm not afraid of what the enemy can do. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I am not afraid of what the enemy can do, so I'm not going to have a weak praise. I'm not going to praise in such a way that it cannot be noticed. When I want to answer from God, I'm going to worship in a manner that gets his attention. Just kind of like Bartimaeus had to cry out in another part of the story, there was a man that had a daughter that was sick and dying. And I can tell you with everything inside of him, he wanted Jesus to to show up on the scene, so he praised, he danced his way to Jesus, and he got there in front of Jesus, and all of a sudden, I seen something in the Word of God that changed the way I look at things. That man praised God in such a way that Jesus followed him. Did you hear me? That man praised Jesus in such a manner. I believe when Jesus was sitting on that rock and he was teaching them, and this young man, this rich ruler was coming his way, there was a dust cloud around him from his sandals stomping in the dirt and turning rocks into powder as he was dancing and praising with every step that he had. Every breath that he had, he was saying, Holy, holy, holy is our Lord. Faithful is the Messiah, the one who has come. He had a revelation that that was the Messiah. That was his king. That was his Lord. He had a revelation that that was Jesus Christ, the Lord, manifest in the flesh. And he put a praise on him. And he prays, and Jesus followed him home into a situation. Now you follow that story through the rest of the writings, and you find that there is a woman that comes up with an issue of blood in the midst of the journey from the rock where Jesus was teaching until the rich ruler's home. There was a, a transformation that took place. This woman with an issue of blood comes up and interrupts that man's miracle interrupts Jesus' path from following him. They stop. And Jesus is talking to this woman with an issue of blood. The ruler's uh, servants come up to him and say, Bother not the master before your daughter has died. It's too late. And she's already gone. And the man just kept his faith. Why, Jesus was healing the woman with the issue of blood. And they turned on the way and they started back on the journey. And when they got Got to the house. The wife had lost her faith and called in the mourners. And the mourners were in there and they were they were they were being paid to say, Whoa, 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 there's a dead person in the house. And Jesus walked in and he couldn't do one thing. And all of a sudden it says that he did a thrustful cleansing. Jesus took and cleaned out the house and got rid of all the negative junk that was in the house. He couldn't do one miracle until everything was clean out of that house. And then he spoke to the daughter and she arose up off of that bed. Some of you need a thrustful cleansing and let praise be put back in a manner that Jesus can follow you to your home. Let me get back on. That was all free. God is looking for someone that's going to praise him in the midst of the storm. My thought tonight, the man with the moon, Paul, was on his way to Rome, and he gets shipwrecked. I mean, the boat was destroyed into pieces. 
and everybody is afraid of what's going on. Now, that wasn't the first uh, storm that arose against uh, Paul on his journey uh, as a prisoner to go to Rome to be judged uh, and to be put on trial. But he was sitting there as a prisoner in a boat that's in the middle of a storm. Everybody's frustrated. They're thinking they're all going to die. And Paul stands up and he says, hey, if you listen to me and do everything that I say, the Lord has said we'll all live. And they kind of looked at him and said, who's your Lord? He said, just listen to what I have to say. If every man will do this and that, we will all survive. And they take pieces of the boat, those that didn't know how to swim, and they, they get into safety. They get onto this island. And in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, it says, and when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. Wouldn't it be just like our God in the midst of a storm to put an island out there called Melita? I mean, it's so awesome that God would just say, hey, you know what, Paul, you just listen to me. There's a storm coming up in your life, and we have the peace in us and the faith in us to say, okay, God, I'll go ahead and let this ship be wrecked. I'll be tossed into the water. I'll grab a hold of a piece of wood, and I'll float miles into the island that you set there for me. I have this belief that Paul had a revelation that what that island was and that it was there before he ever got off of that boat, before it ever hit the rocks. Because the, the island name Melita was so important because the, the island Melita means the land of refuge. That right in the midst of the darkest storm coming down Paul's way with the greatest destruction of everything that he had, God puts an island there called refuge. Someone needs to hear me tonight. You're in the midst of a dark storm, and you've been going through some trials on every side. You've been being tossed from the wind here and there. The enemies rose up his head and said, don't you worship God. Don't you praise God. It's too late to praise God. This is going to happen. It's all over. Just give up. Just give in. But God has placed you in a time of refuge. God's put you here for a purpose. It's a time of refuge. Don't you give up. Don't you keep praising God. Stop praising God. You keep praising God. I better get back to reviewing the mic because I think you all just can fall asleep on me. Oh, I, I forgot to tell you all, I promise I'm going to be short tonight. It has nothing to do with how long I'm going to preach. I am always short. Some of you got that. I told someone this morning, I, I promise you I'll be short every time I preach. I might have to stand up on a chair, but I'll still be short. I'm going to be long-winded tonight because you're all making me preach hard, so I'm going to have to be a little bit longer-winded and take a little bit more of your time, but I'm going to be short. Because out of all the places I've been, this is the most recent. My wife's shaking her head, Brother Wright, not tonight. <laughs> right in the middle of a storm, God places uh, us on a place called refuge. Uh, and the Barbados people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, uh, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. Uh, it was raining, it was cold, it was storming. Uh, and when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks uh, and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. Uh, and when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, uh, they 
said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, uh, whom thou he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth him not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire, and he felt no harm. Can I tell you tonight, the world is looking for you to fail. They may treat you with kindness when they first meet you because you are a Christian or, or some so they feel some sort of connection to you, but your first mistake, they're going to look for you to fail. They're going to look for you to start letting your guard down and letting your convictions go, but I want you to know it's not time to let down, it's not time to go back, but it's time to press in and keep on going. Don't you give up, don't you don't you look back in the midst of the storm. God has put a place of refuge for you. Every time you come up against the winds that are bellowing hard against you, it it's just time to look for the place of refuge. It's time to look for the peace that passes all understanding. Even in the midst of the darkest hour, God wants to let you know there is a refuge. There is a place of strength. There is a place that you can get to that will take away the feeling of harm. And the people might look at you a little funny sometimes when the viper is trying to destroy you and latch upon you. But if you have that faith I was talking about, amen, to just go ahead and speak some things sometimes, if you just shake that thing off, you're going to find out that it cannot harm you. The spiritual vipers that are trying to destroy the church in this hour cannot win. They cannot harm you. The devil knows that he cannot defeat you, but if he can get you afraid of your shadow, he'll make you afraid of your shadow. If he can get you afraid of a storm, he'll make you afraid of a storm. If he can get you to fear your mistake, he'll make you fear that mistake until you're tormented in the middle of the night and you can't find no peace and you can't find no hope. But God wants you to know there's a refuge tonight. There might be a man with a wound, but God, he was a healer. I need, I need to get back up here. There, there might be a man with a wound. You, you, you might look at your pastor and say, oh, he's wounded. He's walking with a wound in his body. But when he prays for you, something can happen because he's got a faith that's been stirred up in God, a God that he believes in, that no matter the storm, no matter the, the, the trial that's going on, there's a place of refuge that's called the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous can run into it and be made safe. So when he he begins to pray for you in the name that is the refuge when he begins to pray for you in the name that is a refuge and a strength where I draw all my strength from I, I promise you when he begins to pray in that name if you'll ignite your faith with his faith there's going to be something that happens in the supernatural realm where the devils begin to tremble at the mention of the name because they see somebody that believes in the name they're praying in. Oh, Jesus, be exalted. Jesus, be exalted. Uh, they saw the venomous beast hang off his hand and he shook it off and they said, how be it they, they looked when he should have swollen and fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds. Come on, there are people that are watching you right now. They're wanting to know, are you going to fall to the trial you're under? Are you going to fall to the pressure at work? Are you going to fall to this? Or are you going to hang on to the refuge and let there become no harm to you in the midst of the storm? 
and their minds were changed, and they said that he was a god. And the quarters were a possession of the chief man of the island whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us there three days courteously. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. Can I tell you that in the midst of the storm, the man with a wound had enough faith. The man walking with a wound from a viper had enough faith to make sure that there was a miracle that took place for the chief of that island. Come on, where's your faith at? Do you have enough faith for that miracle for the man in the island? Come on, you, yeah, I know you've been wounded. I know your faith's been tried. But do you still have enough faith to lay your hand on the sick and them recover? Do you still have enough faith to speak? Hey, yea, though I might be wounded, I got faith in a God that can raise you up and heal you. The wounded man had a faith in him that said, no matter viper, no matter shipwreck, I know that God has told me I'm going to Rome. So no matter what comes my way, I'm going to trust in the unchanging hand of my God, for he has directed my path. He has put me on a path that no man can stop, no devil can stop. He has put something in me that says, hey, there is some faith that needs to come across to people with a boldness. I'm coming to you and not by my strength, not by my might, but by the wounds that I know my God has healed me of many times. And I got the faith that if he's healed me of kidney failure, he can heal you of kidney failure. If he's healed my pancreas and grew a new one, he can grow a new one in yours. If he's healed my liver and made it grow back, he can make your liver grow back as well. I'm talking to you about a God that in the midst of COVID healed my kidneys. When he healed me of COVID, he healed me of the kidney failure that I was in that not many months before the doctor said that I'd be on kidney dialysis. That was in 2019 or 2020, February. The doctor said within a year, I'd be in kidney failure and on kidney dialysis. I want to tell you today, my last blood work says my kidneys are 100%. And God healed them in the midst of COVID. So I've come to you with a faith. Yeah, I might have been wounded by some things, but I know a God that can do exceedingly and abundantly more than I could ever ask or think. Can I tell you, brother, you are not at a stepping stone. You are in a holding pattern on a boiling pot, just sitting back there simmering. And when God says it's your time to come forth, the doors are going to swing open wide, and the anointing is going to come down upon you, and you're going to lay your hands on the sick, and you're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. But you got to let your faith be encouraged. God's not done with you what he's getting ready to start out and lead you in. I seen you up there worshiping earlier. God began to show me some things. You've been feeling like you might be held back in ministry. No, God is just putting some things in you in this moment. Learn from it and let your faith grow. Yes, I know there's been words that have wounded you and kept you back, but God's saying it's time to let those wounds be healed and let them be used as a testimony of my power of what I can do in your life. He's not done with you. He's just getting started. Oh, come on. I believe in a God right now that is raising people up quickly in this hour. Come on, it's time to quit doubting what God has called you to do and start walking into faith that 
you have. I know you got faith. I seen it when you were worshiping God. You wouldn't worship God in such a manner if you didn't have faith. So I'm telling you, let that faith grow tonight and God's going to raise you up and use you with miracles, signs, and wonders in this church. Young lady, let me tell you something. When you were preaching, the Lord began to show me some things that are getting ready to happen in your life. God's going to start using you for the miraculous that you said you were seeking for. If you are sincere about what you said you're seeking for, God is going to start to use you to do miracles. I'm talking about Paul kind of miracles. I'm talking about Paul's kind of miracles where you lay your hand on the sick and you heal them. Understand, I know it's the God in you that's doing the work, but you've got to have your flesh in subjection to say, I'm going to let faith win. Not what I see with my natural eye, but I'm going to speak to this thing, and it's going to fall off. I just want to talk to this generation sitting before me. It's you. It's you in this hour that have got to let your faith come to a level where you can start speaking some things. Come on, there are people out there. They have not listened to your elders' elders. They have not listened to the generation above you. But if you could grab a hold of what I'm preaching tonight, that there is a work, there is a God inside of you that wants to be unleashed and start doing miracles in this city and in this church, if you could let your faith understand that it's for this hour that God is trying to raise you up. It's for this hour that God is wanting to use you, not just to worship, not just to lead in worship, but to lead in miracle sight. God knows exactly every trial you've had to go through. There's some things you've not shared with your peers because they're so painful of the things that you've had to endure before you got to the house of the Lord. But, sis, if you'll let your faith be healed tonight and begin to grow in God, he'll raise you up and he'll allow you to speak to mountains outside of this church and in this city that have been trying to destroy young people. God wants to heal that broken heart tonight that's dwelling inside of you. There's things that's happened, and God says, I can heal everything, everything. I can heal it if you allow me, if you let the hardness down and let me come in, I can heal it. Am I all right so far, Pastor? Come on, it doesn't matter how far away from God you have felt like you might have been at some time or another young person. He's in this place tonight wanting to restore in you and to raise you up for this hour. Let your faith begin to grow. Moms and dads, don't you hinder what God wants to do in them. Don't you try to take away what God wants to raise up in them. You didn't have the faith to step out and do the miracles for them to see, and now they're hungry to see them happen. So it might just be you that they pray for and get the miracle. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be real. We got faith in it, God. We believe that God is able to do the miracles, but we've not taught our children how to pray and seek for them. But from what I'm seeing in the Mississippi state, that there are young people that are hungry for these miracles that they've heard us talk about to start to happen. And I believe in a God that says, hey, if you'll get a Paul-like faith, I don't care what the storm says. I don't care what the weatherman says. God didn't place me here to be defeated but he placed me here to do miracles. Come on, I, I know that I'm going to mess with some of y'all's faith for a little bit. God didn't call me here to this church this weekend by accident, but he called me here to do miracles. 
He has released miracles into this church. There are some of you who have been struggling with things you ought not struggle with. There are some of you who have, that have been struggling with confusion of who you are and confusion of what God can do. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter what manner of miracle you have need of. If you're depressed, he can heal depression. If you're oppressed, he can kill the oppressor. If you got pain, they sing about it. He's a way maker, right? We love to sing about it, but do we love to walk with a Paul-like faith that says, hey, I come to this island of refuge to tell somebody, hey, there's a miracle waiting here. You might be sick. You might be bleeding, and you may not understand what's going on, but God has sent me here to pray for you, and you can be healed. Do you believe that God can heal you? Do you believe that God can restore in you? Do you believe that God loves you enough to send an old preacher to come and tell you, hey, God's got great plans for you if you just surrender unto him? Young man, I don't know what you're going through. But I do know a God that will take you all the way through it. You, you have the ability inside of you to speak to things. And the devils that have been fighting you are going to tremble and run away. But you've got to stay fast and pray and say, you know what? I believe in the word of God that I have learned my whole life. And I'm going to start practicing that word of God against the things that are trying to torment me in the middle of the night. The things that are trying to grab a hold of me at school. Come on. Can I tell you God wants to take and bring a healing in this mind right now? I'm not trying to embarrass nobody, but anxiety has been trying to destroy and trying to bring you down. But God is here saying, hey, I want to raise something up in you. I want your faith to come to a level where you can begin to believe that I have called you, that I have chosen you to do something. So it's not time to sit back. I've called you to do more than what you're doing. Well, don't you all get quiet on me when I start talking about what God, when God calls a young man. Man, if you don't recognize the call of God, amen, I, God will take it and he'll put it on somebody else. Amen, but I believe there's a call of God on this young man. Pastor, I don't know, but I, I believe it. When I saw him the first time, I be, I, God said there's a call on him, but he's doubted that I've called him for more than just music. But I have called him to do a work and to reach a people that only he can relate to. Come on, there is a group of people that only you can relate to. There's others that cannot relate to them. And God is saying, hey, it's time for you to rise up and believe in who you are, that you are a servant of the Most High God, and that I dwell inside of you, saith the Lord. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. I'm talking about a type of faith that says that in the middle of a storm that he's going to be the refuge and the strength that I need. When I can't see it, when my family can't see it, oh, when all I can see is darkness around my family and my children are backslidden, confused, doing things that they've been taught better than what they are doing, that there's a God that loves them so much to send somebody to tell me, hey, your daughter's going to come back, but before she does, she's going to go through some dark things. I want you to understand you've got some family members that are going to come back, and God's going to put them back in their right mind. There's people that are walking that are so far out of their right mind because confusion has gotten a hold of them, and God is going to start quickening their minds, and they're going to be given a choice. It's time to respond and come back to my heritage or not, and if we're not ready, 
to receive those that God quickens in their mind to start loving them back to the place where they need to be. It don't matter what they look like. It don't matter what they've done, why they've been out there. If God quickens them back, I don't care if they've been teaching that homosexuality was okay and if they've gotten involved in lesbianism and all the other junk that goes along with it. And we've got to learn to love them and say, hey, there's a God that can heal that heart that was confused and broken. And he loves you so much that he's willing to draw you back to the house of God where you can begin to feel his love wrap around you in a way you've never felt before. And the church has got to be that manifestation of God's love in this hour more than You cannot have a miracle-working church if you don't have the manifestation of God's love. And I believe with everything in me that this church has been established here in this city for a reason. And that's for miracles in 2023 through the end of time. Come on, I, I don't know much about this church. I really don't. I, I've just met the past. I've known him a little bit here and a little bit there, but never really talked to him until lunch today, and we talked about how he had a passion for the North American missions. But I, I just have a, 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 something that says that there's been some prophecies given to him and to this church, that there's going to be a great harvest that comes in, and it's going to... I feel that great harvest is going to come because people have learned to love people in spite of themselves, in spite of the stink outside of there, and they've allowed God's love to begin to manifest in them that they say, no matter what viper gets a hold of me, I'm going to lay my hands on the sick. I might be a wounded man or a wounded woman from the things that's been going on, but I've got a faith that says God can heal, God can deliver, God can set free, God can save. Young lady, God is birthing something in you that's going to be so powerful. But don't you let pride get in your way because it will begin to destroy you on every side. But if you keep your eyes focused on what God wants to do, he'll raise you up and give you a voice in this hour and in this state. God will give you a voice for young people to start doing miracles. Is there a young man in here that would like to have that same kind of voice, that same kind of ministry that believes that when they lay their hands on the sick, they can do a miracle? Can I tell you, young man up there, you shouldn't be bound to that. You ought to run down here and say, I want that man. I want that miracle working ministry to be birthed inside of me. I don't care what it's going to take. I want to be different than everybody else. I want that call of God to be on me in such a manner that when I lay my hand on the sick man in the street that he recovers, it comes into the house and gets a revelation of baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Ghost. Come on, I'm talking about a faith that begins to grow in people. on. You might be wounded, church. You might be that wounded man that's faced every viper out there, but it doesn't mean your faith has to be wounded. Come on, don't let your faith be wounded and cheat yourself out of a miracle. believe God can do anything. Almost, right? Anything? You believe God can do anything? How about you, sis? You believe God can do anything? Do you, do you believe that God could give you the peace that the enemy has been stealing from you? Do you believe that God can give you the strength to stand up against that enemy that's been stealing your peace and say, hey, I am healed? Uh, 
says, I don't know what you've been going through, and I don't know the every battle that you've been fighting, but I can see that you've been swinging a sword, and you've been trying to fight things off in the spirit that may come up against you. God's fixing to give you a second sword, and this sword that God is going to give you is going to slay every giant that you put it to. It's going to slay every giant that you put it to. But you've got to understand, you've got to be willing to swing that sword when every giant that rises up and looks bigger than what you can defeat, you've got to realize that that sword that God has put in you has become bigger than that problem in front of you, that giant in front of you, and it's going to take care of it. It's going to slay. And by the word of God, giant be slay. Some of you are getting real quiet right now. Come on, I, I, I believe that God is putting some things in people in this hour. Amen. There, there's some of the reason you've had to go through some of the storm that you're in, sis, is because God is trying to get some impurities out so that you can have the faith that you're going to need to swing that sword and slay those giants so that you can do what God has called you to do. He's given you a voice to a people. It's time to use it with faith and boldness in the name of Jesus. And don't you look back and don't you look side to side, young man. Don't you try to compare your ministry to the man next to you because your ministry is not going to be the same as everybody else's ministry. So don't you worry about what so-and-so is doing and what so-and-so has going on and how so-and-so brings forth the word. You begin to worry about what God is calling you to do and how he's calling you to present the word of God because he's going to put something in you because of that hunger that's stirring in you. God's going to put something. He's going to birth a faith in you to slay giants. Right along. Come on. Anybody believe that today? Amen. Amen. When you surrender everything, young man, God's going to fill you so full of faith that doubt will never win again. I'm not saying that you don't have the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying that you don't love God. What I am saying is that there's been some things of the world you've been holding on to, and God says it's time to surrender them if you want to go forward with me. And when you surrender them, you're going to start seeing victories that you've only hoped for in the past, and you're going to start seeing them happen quickly in your family. You want peace in your home? You've got to have a surrendering heart to God and let him do it. In the name of Jesus, in the name name of Jesus. Uh, I'll keep coming back over here. I just feel like God wants to do something back here today. Uh, I believe it's going to be in you, brother. Do you have a faith that says, I can do a miracle tonight? That means you, you believe in the power of the Holy Ghost, right? Sis, do you believe that you can do a miracle? God's here to heal that faith right now. That storm that's been swirling around like crazy, causing all this doubt and all this fear, and, all, and not so much fear as it is anxiety. God is here to heal it tonight and let you know that he's seen the tears that you've been shedding. He's seen when you've asked him why. Why did this have to happen? Why did I have to go through this, God? And he's saying, listen, you just watch and see how I'm going to turn that why around. I'm going to turn that thing around and I'm going to show you my hand and how everything's going to work out. You just got to hold on and trust in me because I have gone before thee and I've gone with thee. We're Worry not, my daughter. Worry not, my daughter, for I'm going to raise up a work around you. I want to lay your hands on her head and begin to pray with a faith right now. Either one of you, if you've got faith, I want you to lay your hand on somebody, somebody with faith. Come and lay your hand on her and believe that God's going to heal in her mind.
All right, sis, you come over here. You and Sister Wright, come here, yeah. Anybody believe in the miracle working power of God? Lord, according to your word and the power of your name, we take authority, God, over these things that have been coming up against our sister. In the name of Jesus, we speak peace into her mind and into her heart right now. God, we declare a miracle, God, of restoration and healing. Her mind, her body, her spirit, God, let it be healed tonight and raise up, God, a testimony, God, that will reach people, oh, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, something's getting ready to happen in here. We're in that place of refuge right now, and something's getting ready to break loose in here. In the name of Jesus. Every foul spirit of hindrance and attack be removed right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, we give you praise right now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, be exalted. Jesus, be exalted. God, we praise you. We praise you. Oh, God, we lift up your name. Come on, saints, pray with me for a few moments. Uh, let's exalt Jesus for a few moments. He's getting ready to do some great things uh, in our midst, if we would but believe tonight. Uh, he got the, he's been moving throughout this place. He's been talking to individuals uh, through the preaching of the Word of God. Uh, you might be shipwrecked, uh, but God is with you. Uh, you might feel like there's no end uh, to the storm, but God is with you. Uh, he's placed you in a place of refuge, a place of healing, a place to get strength, a place to get the things that you have need of. He's placed you here in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every dark stronghold around her family be loosed off right now in the name of Jesus. Every shackle in the name of Jesus, every doubt in the name of Jesus. Be removed. In Jesus' name, there's restoration and healing. Oh, you might be a wounded sister tonight or a wounded brother, but God is in here to use you in such a manner. So come on, begin to seek the Lord right now. Let the Holy Ghost begin to direct you. Young person, if you're feeling an unction in your spirit to lay your hands on somebody, you go ahead and do it. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, fear, I command you to loose off my sister right now in the name of Jesus. Fear, you are not going to win. You are not going to destroy anxiety. You are not going to win. You are not going to destroy. In the name of Jesus, be loose from these things right now and let let the healing power of the Holy Ghost come in. Healing in the mind. Restoration in the spirit right now. Devil, you're not going to win. You don't have the authority or the strength to destroy her. There is victory. We declare the victory right now in the name of Jesus. 
In the name of Jesus, we declare the victory of healing power. You're going to have to leave here today because God is here to heal. I don't know the manner of infirmity, but I do know the manner of God that he is well able to heal everything in you tonight. In the name of Jesus, he can heal that heart. I was in a service in South Carolina, and there was a man sitting in the church, and he was having some problems with his heart. And I walked up to him, Brother Robin, and said, God, just opened up the vessels in your heart for blood to flow the way that they were designed to flow. And all of a sudden, he began to rejoice. And he came back to me, and he said, you know what? Nobody here knew that, but I just came from the doctor on Friday and he told me that the blood the reason I've been having these panic attacks and this heart issue with my heart was because there was arteries blocked but next week he told me I went back to the doctor and all those arteries were opened up I don't know what manner your sickness is in tonight but I do know the manner of my God he's led me back here to pray in his name right now for a miracle of healing to take place and let your blood flow the way that God designed it to flow in your body according to the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray let his blood flow properly, God, in the name of Jesus. Let it flow in his heart from the left to the right. Oh, God, the way you designed it to in the name of Jesus. And let it stand as a testimony, God, of your power to this church through the following of this week, oh God, as testimony begin to come forth in the revival that's ahead, God. I pray let that be a testimony raised up and spoken about in the name of Jesus. Do you trust in God? Elder, I don't want to embarrass you, but... Have you ever praised God in such a manner where you begin to feel his presence come on the inside and the outside at the same time? I believe that if we could praise God with everything inside of us, there would be some miracles take place. In Acts chapter 9, verses 31 through 33, it says, Peter went down into the synagogue where all were gathered together, and there was a man sick of the palsy. And he walked in, and he said, The man's name, Aeneas, arise. And Aeneas arose, and he began to shout, and he began to praise God. What's that got to do with this service? And Peter had a faith to be able to speak to a man who was in charge of something powerful. You see, Aeneas, that name was given to a Roman soldier regiment uh, uh, that was specifically designed to do one thing. They carried on the same armor that everybody else carried, but they were probably either wounded or too small to get on a horse. And they were not seen in the midst of battle when the battle was looking at its roughest. They were only seen when the captain gave the sound for the Aeneases to come and arise. And their job was to come when the battle was looking down and the front line men were being pushed back. And they were fighting the biggest battle of their life. And they were starting to grow weary in battle. And they were starting to grow weary in what they were commissioned to do. The captain would look out and he'd give the signal and he would call for the Aeneases and the Aeneases would arise on the top of the mountain looking down into the valley where the battle was being fought. And that word Aeneas, it means victory praise. And they would start to cling their swords and their shields and yell at the top of their lungs, victory. So when 
Peter walked down into the synagogue. He was saying, victory praise, you've been sitting there too long. It's time to arise. It's time to get up. And I'm talking to you about a faith tonight that's been sitting there wounded in the pew for too long. It's time for victory praise to be healed. It's time for the church to shout, hey, you might be in the battle and it may not look like you're winning. That's the most important time for the wounded to, to get up on the mountain ridge and begin to shout victory for those that are still in the battle. Come on, are there any wounded soldiers in here? I believe it might even been some men that were too old to engage in battle, but they could still carry the armor, Brother Miller. And they had put that armor on, and they would wait to do the only thing that they could do, and that was make a lot of noise with a loud voice and a triumphant spirit. And they would say, victory! And all of a sudden, the people that were in battle would regain their strength and get another breath. And those that they were fighting against, would be knocked back because they thought that the last battle was at hand. But now they see another whole regiment up on the top of the mountain that they're going to have to fight. And the wind was knocked out of them. And victory came in like a flood and began to walk out through. So Peter had... This understanding that he had to have a faith that could say, you know what, your praise has been sick. It's been crippled. Come on, I, I know you got faith, but has your praise gotten to the point to where you have a hard time putting it forth because you're in the battle? It's time for victory praise to be healed and people to begin to shout victory even when you can't see it. I guarantee you Paul didn't see the, the complete victory of that viper when it bit him, but he was still walking. He was still saying, I, I've been wounded, but I'm going to do a miracle. He was saying, hey, I, it doesn't matter what's going on around me. I'm not going to fall to the temptations. I'm going to keep on going. Come on, you've been walking in battle, Andrew, for too long. You've been being defeated for too long. It's time to get a shout of victory praise that means something to the enemy. Come on, a praise that rises up in you so strong that says, hey, you know what, devil, I'm not afraid of the temptations any longer because I've been delivered and I've been set free. I'm going to start walking into giftings that God has given me and not worry about what people think of how I act because I'm different. But I'm going to begin to put praise forth to a God that saw me in the midst of my storm, in the midst of my trial, and said, hey, I can have a victory. Church, would you stand with me today? Well, I could keep on preaching for a while, but I just wonder if somebody, maybe the wounded, have enough faith tonight for some of these miracles that have been spoken to, some of these situations that God has been speaking to tonight. I begin to give God praise for it with everything inside of you. It ain't over yet, Brother Miller. The battle that has been coming up against your family, and I don't know what I'm speaking to right now. I just know and I see a battle that's been trying to come and destroy your family, but it ain't over with yet. God gets the last say in it. And when God says it's over, it's going to be good. It's going to be a good report. It's going to be a good report to your family. Let me just come back and say it again. There's a good report coming. There's a good report coming to your family. There's a good report coming. There's a good report coming to this church. There's a good report of a harvest that's coming to this church. There's a good report of miracles, signs, and wonders that are coming through people. Sis, I'm going to have you come out here for a minute, if you don't mind. And everything you've been going through and every situation that you've been battling against in your mind is getting ready to be part of your past. And we're going to pray over your mind. And I know you got the Holy Ghost, but God's going to bring you a victory. 
And I, 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 I'm going to see if you have a little shout in you for victory. And if some of your friends might have a shout in you for some victory. Uh, do you believe that God can give you that victory tonight? According to the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. Uh, I come against these forces uh, that have been trying to destroy and hinder her uh, in Jesus' name. Uh, and I pray every shackle be loosed off of her. Uh, In the name of Jesus, we shout victory. In the name of Jesus, we shout victory. In the name of Jesus. While you're all standing, sis, I can't get away from it every time I've seen you and every time I've looked up there. The Lord's been drawing me to tell you, hey, the storm is going to come to end, and it's not over with yet. With your kids, God is going to do a work that's going to blow your mind. So you hold on to your faith, and you keep on believing. I don't know what all this means to you, but I know that God is getting ready to bring a victory into you like you've never seen before because you've been faithful in trying to do what God would have you to do. He's going to raise up a testimony for for you of his power and his mercy and his love towards you. It's not over. God's going to get the last say. Jesus, be exalted. Jesus, be exalted. Go ahead, musicians, begin to sing, play something here real quick. Something with victory in it. Amen.